taking uh, products or services to market, it doesn't matter how big or small it is, it's the same process. Figure out what your only is, figure out what your messaging is, figure out who your, cust- who your real customer is, who's actually gonna pay for it, and then figure out what your uh, expansion is. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast, where we highlight and explore the views of thought leaders and organizations across the tech industry. We're presenting topics on leadership, sales, and trends from our perspective as individuals and, of course, as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Comes around that could best suit your organization. I love that. Uh, can I ask you a question about what you said earlier about being a part of an incubator there? Uh, I think what could be remiss or what can be missed oftentimes is the support that comes from other leaders. For entrepreneurs that are out there, there is this temptation to feel like you have to figure it out on your own. And you don't have to do that. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can learn from people that have done that, that have been successful, that have done the trial and error, so to speak, that have had the mistakes done. Um, what what brings you the greatest joy of working with that incubator and and how can more organizations get involved with that? Because it's not just about you growing your business. How about growing the business for the next generation? There is this thing called the baby boomers retiring. There is this thing now with the next generation of leaders that are coming up and they have their own style. They have their own way of looking at things. However, they need support. So talk about how you got involved in the incubator and, and what that's doing for the next generation of leaders out there. Well, just like uh, everything in my life um, that I've set up to this point, I ripped somebody else off uh, from doing actually it's Sal Imami at uh, hashtag Better Call Saul, my partner in uh, my version of, of what you guys do here. Um, he was involved um, because he has a family relationship with the University of Chicago. So this is an incubator out of the University of Chicago. Um, so it was just a friend of a friend um, that said, hey, um, do you have time on your hands? Would you be interested in helping people? So I said, sure. Um, now, just like a lot of other people, I looked at my experience that has been, um, you know, even at $45 million, right, which is the smallest I've done. That's, that's a, you know, a smaller mid-size uh, enterprise in the IT world, but that's a massive restaurant, right? I mean, it's a it's a huge for, for some of the things that these incubators are doing. And so I asked myself, you know, was I really going to be able to add any value? But I could just go sit in the back, keep quiet, um, you know, eat a free bagel um, and, and see what, what was going on. What was startling was to listen to, uh, first of all, the innovation, the ideas that people have for businesses, um, and then to realize that those of us that come from the corporate world, the hours and hours and hours we've sat in meetings around messaging, around uh, product positioning, around market segmentation, uh, around how we were going to develop a strategy for communication and building awareness and consideration in the market. Um, There is a, a, a person in the incubator who is building a business around selling jewelry making classes to libraries. Now, you'd think that I wouldn't be able to have any value whatsoever because of the types of companies I've worked for to that person. What was startling uh, about the conversation around this particular person is at no point in her conversation around the progression of her business did she ever talk about her art, 
and her skill set in building and making jewelry. She talked about um, the effect that uh, a class like this would have on community, the effect that because she targeted um, grandparents bringing grandchildren to uh, create and do something and learn something that a grandparent can do with a grandchild, gender in specific, right? Um, that she talked about the journey that she had been on realizing that while her product, the class, was consumed by members of the community, the people that paid for it were institutions within the community that were focused on building uh, community spirit, building community activity, and the effect of everything from the local economy um, to crime rates uh, and those types of things on building a strong community in various different neighborhoods. Um, and she is delivering all of this with passion and sitting there wearing her art. And at no point did she mention the core of her product, which was her, right? And the number of meetings I've been in tech where people have missed the point about whatever the product was and, and what the problem was that the product solved, right? For example, I mean, just the, the notion of what we're using here and the conversation we were having around the pandemic about how we had this wonderful technology for facilitating communication that was sitting there. And at no point did we talk ever really think about the reduction in travel, the re reduction in wear and tear and stress on people, the ability that people like me had to go from doing three to four meetings a day when I had to travel on planes, trains, and automobiles to doing 16 to 20 meetings a day, of which half of them would be employee engagement. All right. You know, once we we've pivoted. Um, and the, those product leaders realized what the real value of their product was, they skyrocketed. Same thing with this incubation world is, um, first of all, I guess the learning is um, taking uh, products or services to market, it doesn't matter how big or small it is, it's the same process. Figure out what your only is, figure out what your messaging is, figure out who your, who your real customer is, who's actually going to pay for it, and then figure out what your uh, expansion is. Um, so um, that's that was sort of the learning for me is that I could add, add some value. The other thing that was interesting about this is at, she dropped a nugget in it. She go and she said um, it was really interesting for me to learn that most of the time when these libraries put on a class, they get people signing up and maybe five to ten people show up, and they're actually happy with that. So if we think about marketing. Um, you know, if we get 3% response rate, you know, if we, or we have an event and we get 25% um, of people showing up to an event that signed up for it, it's actually not bad. These libraries were experiencing the same thing. And she said, you know, I, my track record so far of the 40 classes I've done is that I've got 95% attendance between the people that sign up. And I'm just like, ding, 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 ding. And she blew past it. As, as a key value proposition to the people that are um, actually paying for the bills. Um, to answer your question about how to get involved, these, these incubators, um, everything from tech in incubators to universities that provide pro bono support for people that want to start small businesses. And these are, these are very small businesses. These are businesses that require you know, one, two, $3,000 of startup seed capital to get going are everywhere. You just, you just have to, 
you know, Google your local library or Google your local institute of, of higher learning, whether it's a community college or a, a major university, they're going to have them out there. Um, and I've done, I've done it a couple of times now here in the Chicago land area with the institutions that we've had here. Um, and it's, it's invigorating. It, first of all, it's humbling because you, you realize um, just how a community and a society actually works. It really isn't off of all of these big names and um, big logos that are out there. It's actually off of a tremendous amount of very small businesses selling to each other um, and selling to communities. Um, but it also helps a lot. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire. Optimize how you spend. Save and grow your money with the Millionaire Me app. Millionaire Me was designed to help Gens X, Y, and Z become after-tax millionaires in retirement. Even if you haven't started saving, you can get started. Get all the tools that you'll need in one easy-to-use app to get you toward your goal of retiring as a millionaire. So remember, pigs don't have to fly for you to retire a millionaire. Go to the App Store, download the app to get started, and even now you could join in their campaign this month entitled the March Forward Savings Challenge. Get started and learn how to become that millionaire. This is Danny. One of the things that stands out is the community aspect of building it up. We sometimes think that only large global corporations make an impact. But we tend to forget that one small business owner, he or she, in the work that they do, can impact other individuals. And those other individuals impact the smaller community. And, and that actually helps with um, creativity, employment, opportunities. It's great. And I think it makes a bigger impact. So when I think about, as you said, there's a lot of things out there you can do. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. One of the things I love about technology today is that I can go read a book. I can go find a mentor like you to help me so I can learn faster rather than following my face repetitively so many times and then hope I can make my business great. Why wait to hope? Why not be part of organizations like this where uh, 
you have other Kevin Hoopers coming in, providing their experience, leading global organizations to teach you how to lead your small organization and help you grow. And I think that one of the things we sometimes forget when we're a small company as well is that people are buying us. There's, they're buying you. They're buying you. And you are what is important. I want to ask a question about some sales, a sales-related question. But before I get to that question, I want to go back to what you said. Clients today know about more about your product, your organization, how much you'll be charging, what the ROI is going to look like way before they even speak with you. And you said something so crucial that the work that clients do because of the power of the internet, the work that clients do because of the power of peer groups, referrals, conferences that they go to, is that they're able to gather up as much as 80% of what the original sales rep was responsible for. So now the sales rep has to be a lot more creative and they have to be able to tell a story better to where the client feels like they're on that ride, they're on that journey. But there also has to be this element of a human connection, authenticity, some empathy when it comes to having that discussion because the client's done all the research already. Can you talk a little bit about that process now that has transitioned I think it's transitioned more now than it ever has before to where you have to be unique as a sales rep. You can no longer be uh, what I call speeds and feeds with the client. You have Mm -hmm. to really be leading them, helping them to understand what it would be like if they imagine themselves with your product solving their pain points. But can you talk a little bit more about the sales process? How much has it changed? The sales thought process that the sales rep needs to have and sales organizations because clients are a lot more savvy than they've ever been before. Sure. Um, this, This is actually near and dear to my heart in everything that I've learned over the last 30 years of being in this business. Um, And there are a couple of key points over those 30 years that really were major changes. The first was the the Great Recession of of 2008 or so. It was really the end of 2007 um, through to about 2010. Um, What we learned there was businesses realized that they could save money just by putting off purchasing decisions, doing nothing. There was so much up to that point where Buying was just a a natural reaction. I have to spend money. I've got to um, I've got to depre- I've got to have a certain amount of assets that I'm depreciating to reduce my tax burden. So I'm going to go out there and purchase. Um, world changed. Um, uh, the clip level that existed within businesses to make purchase decisions raised dramatically. So you had to go much much higher in the organization. Getting to talk to those people. Uh, was really difficult, um, recognizing that those people typically didn't really care about speeds and feeds. What they cared about was what what risk was I going to avoid by making this purchase decision? And therein lies the real trick that then got amplified in the pandemic is the salesperson's job now switched from education to risk mitigation. What 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 risks am I am I going to introduce by making this change? Whether I'm making a platform change, um, whether I am implementing a you know I'm buying something to help me enter a new market. I'm buying something to increase efficiency. What's going to break because I do this? A salesperson has to go figure out what that is, um, and then weave a story that either mitigates that risk. Or says, you know what, that risk is going to be there 
and me and my company are going to be there to help you manage through it. Um, I used to say it was selling a warm, fuzzy feeling, right? Some people say that's about building relationships. Um, and there, there is a lot of truth to that. But there's also a lot of companies, especially in the tech world, um, that are very successful um, and they're very aggressive salespeople. And so therefore, those relationships don't necessarily get built. And, and you and I have been around this business long enough. You know who I'm talking about, but I'm going to avoid uh, disparaging anyone that that comes or works at those companies today. Um, but relationship is not necessarily about um, is this someone I want to go play golf with or want to have lunch with? It's about building trust that when I'm having going to have a problem, you're going to be there. Um, I, I learned I had a CIO once um, that gave me his business card and then very quietly said, and oh, by the way, that's the one with my real cell phone number on it, that he had two sets of business cards, one with an office number that was managed or even just went to a voicemail that may never get listened to. And then there was one for the people that this guy wanted to that person to know, if you call, I'm going to pick up the phone because I, I want you to do the same for me when I need it. Um, and, and that's what you have to uncover. Um, Another thing I'll lead you with is um, far too many people in the sales world um, assume that their customers understand their own buying process. Most these days do not. Um, it's everything from the frustration that people are having right now in getting jobs and getting through the hiring process. Um, they assume that people understand how they're going to make a decision. Don't assume that. Assume that much of your job as a salesperson or a candidate trying to get a job is you've got to help that person figure out what that process is, understand it, and then earn their trust that they can make a bet on you. Um, and that's the ones that are successful. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. This is David Kevin, and uh, I'll tell you what I'm getting out of here. It, it just feels like cha-ching, cha-ching. I'm getting so many great nuggets here. And I'm not just saying that because I was in Vegas recently, right? I'm, I'm saying that because <laughs> as, a, as a leader of an organization myself, I'm piecing together the things that I've got to understand will leverage my opportunities, will leverage these relationships for the greatest growth that I can have. 
And you talked about something that was interesting. You said that the cell's role, and we, we, please, Dan, we've got to have Kevin back just to do a deep dive on cells methodologies and how we help sales professionals to really take advantage of these times. Because he said something that's interesting. He said the cell's role change from education to risk mitigation. And, and, and that customers may not even understand their own buying process. Just because you have the quote unquote title of DM and that's not in front of you, COO, whatever, doesn't necessarily mean you know how to go about the idea of bringing in the right technology, the right tools, the right organization, et cetera. Uh, this is powerful. And, and, and I definitely want to touch on just mentoring. Dan, you got to make sure Kevin's mentoring you on these things. But what I want to ask real quick, Kevin, is you just started a new program on YouTube. Okay, it's called Hang With Mr. Hooper. Not Hang With Mr. Cooper, for those people that are out there that have been around that know the show. It's Hang With Mr. Hooper. And why wouldn't we want to hang with people that know each other, that have conversations at this level? Because the truth is, for guys like myself, who are still new to the game of entrepreneurship, new to the game of building organizations, we are those people like, man, I wish I could be in that room to know what they're talking about. Well, you're putting it out there on YouTube. So could you tell us about your series and what you're hoping to to really get out of this series, because for me, I imagine it's people like myself, mid-managers, people that have been leading organizations, or maybe even C-suite members that say, man, I wonder what Kevin's talking about. I wonder what goes on in there. That's what you're giving us. So tell us about the new show you got going on. Well, thanks. So first of all, um, it was a joint, uh, joint effort between uh, myself and uh, a friend of mine that I met in one of my roles uh, by the name of Sal Imami, who runs his own uh, better call Saul, and we were just chit chatting one night. Um, me from the executive leader leadership perspective and sales perspective, him from channel channel management, global partnerships perspective, and I um, I shared with him uh, a, an anecdote from from my life. I had a boss once who uh, was very old school. He used to print out every email that he had, and then he would carry it around with him with him in one of those old airline pilot rolly suitcases um and he would go through his emails and he would uh with a pen and, and believe me this was not 20 30 years ago this was 10 years ago with a pen he would make his markups and if there was something that needed to be responded he would keep it and send it to his assistant and if not he would take all of the emails that he'd read through and shove them into the back of the airline seat in front of him and leave it and and he got caught um, and there was a big old investigation about him leaving this, this incredibly important information. And his response was, if you find anyone that can take advantage of what's in my emails, don't be afraid of them, hire them. And his principle was information is useless if you don't have the, uh, if you don't have the skills to execute on that information. Uh, and it was really, really uh, telling for me um, that, too, all too many people, you know, try to keep stuff to themselves or, or write it in books and try to sell it. Um, and in reality, you can't, if, if it were that easy to just read all of this good stuff in books and then go execute it, the world would be a very different and frankly, much better place. Um, so in this conversation with my friend, I said, you know what, we're going to get more out of the marketplace, if we share these nuggets, and if 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 one out of a thousand people can learn from it and go do something different or better, 
because they hear something that comes out of our mouth, then, you know, that's going to make the world a better and easier place to be. And maybe they'll come back and ask us for more. Um, and so that was the motivation for it is to, is to say to a certain extent, um, it's a lonely place in leadership. You don't ever necessarily get to see how somebody else does it as a fly on the wall. You can generate good friendships and ask people, but you don't ever necessarily get to, to share that information. And so that's what it, what the motivation was, to share as much as we have learned. And then if someone wants help going to execute it, maybe they'll pick up the phone, maybe they won't. Um, but at least they'll hear these ideas, these notions, um, uh, because, you know, we are creatures of habit, right? We don't respond necessarily to change as well as we should. Um, you know, if any, anything over the last three years has proven is exactly that. Not, not just that we don't respond necessarily well, but when we are forced to, we can do it. We can change and we can uh, respond to things. Um, but, you know, just, just the information does not necessarily mean that you are going to make those changes. So, you know, I, I feel very passionately about sharing uh, the things that were shared with me, the things that I've learned. Um, and I'm very comfortable that um, if someone wants to come ask me to do it, they'll, they will. Um, but if I can help someone, um, you know, it's going to be valuable to me to know that there is someone out there that I've helped. That's really what it's about. Um, we're also trying to make it so that they are single questions with single answers. Um, because if you look at um, the, the way in which we consume information now, I mean, you know, even though Mr. Musk has extended out Twitter, I still only read the ones that are 150 characters or less. Um, if even though TikTok has expanded out uh, the length of their videos, if I want long videos, I'm going to go to YouTube. If I want short videos, I'm you know, potentially going to use TikTok and, and other things like that. Um, these sound bites, these consumable things, and asking people to take them on board and, and see if it can help them uh, to be more successful. This is Danny. I will definitely be hanging with Mr. Cooper without a doubt. Uh, it's going to be one of those things where you want to get the insights, you want to get the knowledge, and you want to be the fly on the wall if possible. So I want to, first of all, say thank you for taking this time uh, in your life to give back to the incubator, give back to this YouTube series to really help teach and educate. And all these things that we, we want to know, all the things that we want to learn, you're going to start providing that. And that's the wisdom that we want. That's the wisdom that everybody wants. And I want to say, first of all, if you're in our audience today, you want to hear how a global leader does things. You want to understand how a SVP GM does things. You want to know how a president of a business unit does things. This is the opportunity to listen and gain some insights and words of wisdom. So please go on to the YouTube series, follow Hang With Mr. Hooper. Also go follow Sal, his friend as well. Uh, both of them will give you a lot of the wisdoms that you need. Uh, as we close up, I want to just wrap up with some of the quotes that uh, we heard today. And I think it's going to be very important for our audience as they're listening that uh, first, break all the rules. Uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But at the same time, as you're doing this, don't forget about your A players. These individuals, they need to be part of the presence club. They need to be uh, in a position where you stroke the ego every now and then. But don't forget about your best players. These are going to be the individuals that are going to shine and that's going to continue to scale your organization. It's not just about hitting your numbers for the quarter or for the year. It's about blowing them away. And you do that by focusing on your bench as well. So don't forget 
develop those individuals. They're going to be great individuals for you in the future. What can I do differently or better? Change that mindset. If you're a leader today, you have a lot of mindset, whether the first time leader or a, a proven leader. Focus on your mindset. Do not focus on the negative, but change that word just a little bit by saying, what can I do differently or better? Be kind. It doesn't always mean you have to be nice, but be kind. And as Kevin was talking about earlier, that sometimes when he told people that this is not the right position for you, he want, they wanted to become a CEO of the organization. They came back and said, thank you very much. Thank you. Because you got to have the right people, the right title, and the right seats. That's what's going to help scale an organization. And if people have passion, strengths, and things that are make them better in a different role, help them to see that. Don't be afraid to be an early adopter. We talked about ChatGPT and how you can actually leverage it, use it. Uh, and I think Kevin was talking about going overseas, going to Europe, and then leveraging ChatGPT to actually help them. Rather than spending seven, eight hours trying to figure it out, he was able to get it done in a matter of minutes. So don't be afraid to be an early adopter. And you don't need to create everything from scratch. You can leverage a proven blueprint, leverage a proven methodology, but you can add your voice to it, which is amazing. Customers may not understand their own buying process. Listen, just because a customer does most of the work does not mean that you as a sales professional can't help them as well. You're the consultant. You need to help them understand the buying cycle a little bit more. And remember, they want to buy you. So be authentic when you talk to your client. They're going to really appreciate it. Information is useless if you don't have the skills to execute. I love that aspect right there. There's all the information in the world. And if everyone did it and knew and understood how to do it, the world would be such much better. So how can you make the world better? Invest into your community. Do what uh, Kevin's doing right now, giving back to the incubator, changing one small business owner's life who ultimately impacts the rest of the community. That's a way that you can make the world better. And then, of course, I want to be the person on the golf course who gets the business card with the personal number, not the one with the office number. So we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. As David said, we're going to ask Kevin to come back again in the future because we want to deep dive more into sales, more into marketing, more into strategy with them. If you want to find out more about them, please go to YouTube, Hanging with Mr. Hooper. And then also you can go to his LinkedIn and you can actually find on LinkedIn.com slash IN slash Hooper Kevin if you want to find out more, follow him. And as always, I was very impacted when uh, Kevin and I first met many, many years ago when he impacted me as our, as our leader, as our unit leader as well. So Kevin, thank you so very much for joining our Twins Talk Tech Leadership Podcast. We look forward to having you back on again in the future to share more words of wisdom. Excellent. Thank you very much for the time. It's been fabulous. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk Tech Leadership. Please subscribe, download, and share this program. Learn about sponsorship opportunities and become featured on our program. Follow us on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Be sure to also give our other program, Twins Talk It Up, a listen as well. We will see you next time in the next episode of Twins Talk Tech Leadership.